would you turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 11? I want to deal with something. Mark chapter 11. What I've learned about Jesus, not only did he teach us through the word, but he taught us through deeds. He told us that faith without works is dead. In other words, that your faith ought to work not some of the time, but all the time. Every part of it. Lock, stock, and barrel, see? And when you understand that, it's just amazing to me what God will do for someone. And he was with his 12 disciples. Jesus was not broke. I want everybody to know that. He had 12 full-time people on his staff. Some were married. He took care of them. He sent them out to preach the gospel, and he said, don't take anything with you. And when they came back, he said, did you lack anything? Think about that. He was not poor, as that people thought he was. He had 70 part-time people that he sent out and preached the gospel. So that's 82 people that work for the Jesus and the Nazareth Evangelistic Association. And he took care of them. He had partners to his ministry. You can read that. It's just such a blessing. He wore very nice clothes. Think about that for a minute. Seamless robe. Very, very expensive. Why? Well, why not? I don't know. He, that's what he wanted to wear, I guess. I mean, I don't care. It doesn't make any difference to me. It didn't have any holes in it. Some people just caught that. That's just all I'd say. You have to get, you have to get the DVD to, <laughs> that I preached last night. It's a blessing. And God has been so good and gracious. And um, so I want to read Mark chapter 11. He walks up to a tree and he's hungry. So he reaches out for some figs and there's none there. And I want to read verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came happily he might find anything thereon. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Jesus answered and said unto it, Now watch this, the fig tree could hear, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. So two people heard it that day. The disciples heard it, and the fig tree heard it. Both of them were affected by it. See, everything you see in life has a voice and has an ear. And he that hath an ear, let him hear. Even in the vegetable kingdom, in the animal kingdom, as well as the human kingdom. All right. Verse 20, and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig, the fig tree dried up from the roots. Peter calling to remember, saith unto him, Master, means means rabbi, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. That was not a suggestion. That was a command. To have faith in God. Now if he expected his disciples to have faith in God, he expects you to have faith in God. I want to deal with that one little simple statement. The command of commands. To have faith in God. You have faith in a lot of other things. Why can't you have faith in God? It's amazing to me the reason why we have not yet entered into heaven because a lot of believers won't do what God tells them to do. So he's getting the unbelievers to do it. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, and when you think about this, I mean, one of the greatest dreams ever given to an individual is a guy named Pharaoh who was a heathen from hell. And actually, that dream built this church, built the church, showed something that was going to happen. How come God didn't give Jacob the dream? Abraham, Isaac, why didn't he give Jacob the dream? Because he wouldn't do it. So God got an unbeliever, the unconscious obedience of an unbeliever. And Joseph happened to be there at the time, and my God, he interpreted the dream to the unbeliever, and God saved Israel, and the beginning of the church started right there in a sense from all the way to where we are today.
See, so Easter, you know, it's just a wonderful thing. That is the birthday of Christianity, and Pentecost is the birthday of church. You see, when you think about how God did that, but it all started way back there. He said, have faith in God. So I want to do a little teaching this morning. Write this down. Christ came into the world to help men believe in God. That's what he came. He said, see, he didn't come to get you saved. That was just a byproduct of it. He said, he came that you might know the Father. And if you would know the Father, then you would receive from the Father and you'd get born again. Do you see that? So Christ came into the world to help men believe in God. So I decided I would believe in God. So believing in God is believing what he says. Because you can't separate God from his word. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. So what I love about John, the revelator, and what a blessing to God when he did, you know, all I'm started about uh, the incarnation and different things. John didn't start with the incarnation. You know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And he started in the beginning. Way back when, it's, when is was the word is. So Christ came into the world to help men believe in God, see, you're not simply here to pass the time, but to fight for a cause. Write that down. You're not here to simply pass the time, live out your life, and then die, but no, to fight for a cause. That's what made David a king of Israel. With one statement, with a man screaming and hollering that was much bigger than him, Goliath, and he said, is there not a cause? So what is the cause today? To go in the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the reason for the Falcon 50. You know, I could have sold it. I was offered millions of dollars for it. And people thought, you're crazy. They said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm giving it away. Giving it away. See, they never understood the power of the seed. Every time I see an oak tree, I think of an acorn that's that big. We got the massive oak trees in New Orleans. We said 400 years old. Huge. But it started with the seed, see. So when I looked at the plane, the Lord said, what are you going to do with that plane? I said, well, the value of a seed is greater than the value of a sale. So I'm going to give it to him. He said, who are you going to give it to? I said, I don't know. He said, won't you pray, and, pray to me and find out? And I said, okay. Now, I had several people were hinting for me to give that plane to him. And a lot of unbelievers wanting to buy it. I'm talking cash money on the table, see? You see? Cash is king. See? But what happened was when I prayed, the Lord said, give it to the living word. I said, boy, that's great. It's better than a dead word. Maybe a word or some word or who knows what word. And then the vision that God will use through Mac and Lynn to take that plane, fly it all over the world, establish churches and get people saved, would increase God's longing to come get us. See, so there is a cause to this today. It's more than money. It's people. You see, and that's what that's all about, people. To have faith in God, it's an act of, of the will. Write that down. To have faith in God is an act of the will and a loyalty to the will of God. Not only is it an act of faith, an act of his will, but it's loyalty to it. His will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. The reason why I live good and I live very good because God says, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done where? 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 As it is where? Well, then how come you're not living here like you would be living there? Now, why would you criticize someone living here like as if they were living there? Wait a minute. Why would anybody ever say that? You can't have what you preach against. So you preach against prosperity. Get ready to be a junkyard dog. Because you live in an economic world. As I said last night, there's no such thing as bad money. None whatsoever. That's a lie. Because money put food in your belly if you ate breakfast this morning. 
put clothes on your back. You don't fall in love with it because if you do, then it becomes bad because the love of money is bad, but not money in itself. It's just simply a tool. So an airplane's not bad. It's simply a tool to get something done. So to have faith in God is an act of the will, and you should have a law to do that will. His will be done here. So I decided I would live on earth as it is in heaven. And people got mad at me, still do. Who do you think you are? Well, how much time you got? Because I got to start with Genesis chapter 1 and go all the way to the last verse of, of the book of Revelation because I am in every one of those verses. He created the word. The reason why we can have what we want, you ready for this? Spiritually, physically, and financially, because when he created the world, there were no sinners. There were none. He created it for his body and his children. Satan stole it. There's a thief running around. But the Bible said, you catch him, he has to return it sevenfold. And the substance of his house. So you can get it, lazy boy, recline if you like. <laughs> I don't know if you use those things or not. But when you understand, it's an act of his will. Why am I still preaching the gospel? You know how many people are telling me, when are you going to retire, but Jesse? Do I look tired? <laughs> I'm 72 years old at, at, at the time of this preaching. And I mean, I can still do anything I did, anything. And I'm not bragging about it. I can do anything I did when I was 30. I'm just not doing them stupid things no more. <laughs> you learn. As you, you know, I mean, I was just ignorant. I'll never forget one time Mac Hammond told me to go running with him. I never told Mac this. And I thought, that's it. if I tell you what, he's going to kill us both. My God, you know. But we're still here, praise the Lord, because we exercise. That's what it's all about. See, there is no reality in a belief. Write this down. There is no reality in a belief that is not acted upon. See, faith without works is dead. There is no reality in a belief that is not acted upon. See, faith without works is dead. So I act on my faith. See, you acted on your faith today. How many of you knew I was coming here today? Oh, yeah. How'd you know? Couldn't see me, you couldn't hear me, you couldn't touch me, you couldn't smell me. I was not in the rim of your five senses, yet you acted on a reality that you couldn't see. And the evidence of faith is not seen, so here I am. Isn't that amazing? That is so simple, you need a good theologian to help you misunderstand it. <laughs> you know, you people up in the balcony, if the rapture comes, you're going to get there before we do. <laughs> hey, I, I, probably next week everybody's going to be in the balcony. Come on, you, come on. <laughs> There is no reality in the belief that is not acted upon. I've been married to Kathy 51 years, my wife. Why? Because I acted on a belief. See, I acted on a belief. And, and, and it is today. And if I had to do it over, I'd do it over again. Why? Why not? That doesn't mean we had no arguments. We would have never had an argument if she'd listened to me. <laughs> oh, I forgot. This is the first morning service. She might be listening. I'm going to quit talking about that. <laughs> well, you know, but you know what? Because, see, God didn't change. She's still a, her own person. We became one. What is the definition of marriage? The death of two wills and the covenant of one. You come in as two people, you walk out as one flesh. Pretty simple. See what I'm saying? I was telling Mac this uh, last night. We was eating some little finger food. A person asked, I, I treat Kathy very well. I, I bless the woman, you know. I believe in that, you know. So this person was at, was at Southwest Believers Convention. He said, what's the most expensive thing you've ever given your wife? I said, oh, my name. <laughs> She's got my name. She can sell everything I got. She owns everything I got. She never gave her, she never gave me her name. In fact, she retained her name. Her name is Catherine Carrere Duplantis. 
I'm still Jesse DePlanis. So she owns the Kyrat part and the DePlanis part. There's something wrong with that. <laughs> I just can't figure out what it is, praise God. You see, so there's no reality in a belief that is not acted upon. So I just act upon my faith. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been preaching 45 years, and I've never had a financial deficit. Why? Didn't believe for it. You know how many people told me I was going to do that? Well, I, I just looked at him and smiled. I said, but God said, he, oh, well, I just have to just tell you real quick. Now, I, I, I am not worried that they latch the shoelaces of the Apostle Paul. My God, I believe he's the greatest intellectual mind ever drawn to the rim of Christianity, my personal opinion. My God. And I call them the teaching apostles, James, Peter, Paul, and John. They were the teaching apostles. But I want to tell you something about the Apostle Paul. Man, I just love his message. God, but I don't follow him on money. He blew it. I shocked you. He had financial deficits, and he tells you why. See, he was so worried about an offering that somebody go to give him something. He said, listen, I work with my own hands. I make tents. I'm all right. Okay, who cares? And he struggled. So did John. So did James. So did Peter. Jesus didn't. Jesus never had a financial deficit. Follow me as I follow Christ. He didn't follow Christ on that part. Then he tells us in another epistle, I did you a disservice because I did not receive from you. He shut his own self down. But know something about Jesus. Never had a financial deficit. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children. See what I love about the scripture. Not only did God record the great successes, but he recorded their failures too. So we wouldn't do those things. You see what I'm saying? So I just followed Jesus. I said, you ain't never had a financial deficit. He said, no. I said, I won't need it. He said, good. And 45 years later, we're still going strong. Isn't that something? You see, that's the command of commands. Have faith in God. See, more faith in God and less in policy shows a higher wisdom, a nobler courage, and an abiding results. I'd rather have faith in God than in policy. Well, you never know what God's going to do. That's an ignorant statement. You're going to know exactly what God's going to do because he's going to do what his word says. That's the most ignorant statement I've ever heard of in my life. That's somebody that hadn't read the Bible. If they did, they, they tried to memorize a verse instead of learn it. Let me say it again. More faith in God and less in policy shows a higher wisdom, a nobler courage, and abiding results. See, faith in God is not afraid of difficulty. I'm not afraid of difficulty. I mean, I'm in the world, not of it, but I mean, I'm not afraid of it. Why? It is the giving up of one's self-will. Let them say what they're going to say. Kathy said, Jesse ain't afraid of nothing. No, nah, nothing. You got it. It don't make no difference. And I've had some of the craziest things happen to me in my life. I've been shot at. I've been down in three airplane crashes. They tried to electrocute me when I was preaching twice. I still here. <laughs> and they in jail. <laughs> God. That's right. I've had the post office steal money from me, $33,000 a day for almost eight and a half months, stealing our finances, that our partners, and we, we wouldn't find out the two or three months later because they were waiting. They didn't get their receipts. And sure enough, God found they're all in jail today because that's a federal offense to mess with the mail. And I could have sued the shoes off these people's feet. And I wanted to. Well, actually, I wanted to kill a few of them, to tell you the truth. I ain't going to lie about it. Well, Jesus forgives. 
I ain't going to lie, I was mad. But you know what? We more than recovered all that. That's every day, seven days a week. We figured it out, it was $33,000 a day. But thank God for the general, postmaster general of the post office. Boy, I'll tell you what he said. He said, man, thank you, Reverend. I said, no, you just had a couple of people, a few people in certain areas that just did wrong things. I can't blame you for that. See what I'm saying? So I just forgave it. When, they, when many of you know, about four years ago, I was the number one store in the world. I had inside edition. Gary made them outside edition. I'll never forget that day you did that. And I mean, a good morning, America. They were nailing me to the wall over jets, which was a lie. $100 million later, my lawyers, are, they said, we got them, baby. We got them. They took copyrighted material. You can nail them to the wall. We're going to get $40 million, You're going to get $60 million. I said, that sounds good to me. Let's do it. The Lord said, you didn't ask me. I said, I don't want to ask you. <laughs> I, ain't gonna, I don't lie to God. We, we, we got a very good relationship. <laughs> he said, didn't I tell you you'd kill that with joy? I said, yes. It's going to be a joy to get $100 million from them idiots. It's going to be great. He said, kill it. Boy, you ever seen lawyers cry? When you lose $40 million, <laughs> they just cry. And I stopped the suit. One, made it. I'd have got it. They said, they're going to appeal. I said, I don't know. He said, well, we got them. Boy, they were so excited. Shut it down. God, all that, I mean, all that stuff turned out to be one of the best things ever happened in my ministry. I even had senators became partners to my ministry. Congressmen. I had one of them send me $75. That's big for a politician. Because <laughs> they receivers, they ain't givers too much. You know what I'm saying? See, more faith in God and less in policy. Shows a higher vision, a nobler courage, and abiding results. So faith in God is not afraid of difficulty. It is the giving up one's self-will. See, faith is a call and appeal, not an argument. See, when God tells me to do it, it's a call, it's an appeal. I don't argue with that. So I said, okay, Lord, your will be done. I'll kill that lawsuit and all that kind of stuff. And I just saw that money going to go away. No, 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 no. I got that $100 million. <laughs> Took four years to get it, but I got it. Somebody shout, would you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Put that into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not from one source but the Lord just blessed us, entrusted us, and honored us. He said, don't worry about it, Jesse. I'll take care of you. I said, I know you will. See, faith in God must tempt you to do the impossible. Have you ever been tempted to do the impossible? It may be today. Faith should tempt you to do the impossible. God gave me a statement years ago. Believe the unbelievable. Receive the impossible because it's doable. See, it's a command of command. Have faith in God. You see, that's why I'm not worried about the COVID. Well, suppose you got it and died. I'd go to heaven. <laughs> see, it's how you look at things. You understand what I'm saying? Well, what happened if you don't get it and you stay here? I still go to heaven. I know the end result of my life. That's a wonderful thing. I mean, I get up every morning, man, and I thank God because every day above ground is a good day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and let me tell you something, man. We, we had guns put in your face. And, and let me tell you something, going down on an airplane... If you think I'm going to be scared, you done lost your ever-loving mind. If I'm going to die, I'm not going to die in the last few moments of my life screaming. 
I'm going to think about the good times. It's the good life, Lord Jesus. Thank you for giving me Kathy, Lord. Thank you for letting me preach a living word. Church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hello, Jesus. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Boom. If you think I got a minute to die, that I am going to be scared, slapped, crazy, crying, no. I'm going to think about my grandpa. I'm going to think about my uncles. And I'm going to think about the good time when I used to go for Easter as a kid and Christmas dinners as a small boy, which we were poor people, but boy, we had fun. That don't make no sense to you, does it? Well, I control my life. This here, this, this soul of mine is not conformed but transformed. So, and it aggravates the devil. He said, we're trying to kill the man. He's excited about it. Hmm. See, it gives you nobler courage. It makes you courage. Why? Because I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded. But then, see, I also know something else. Death and life's in the power of my tongue. Right. Not that airplane. Right. Not that other stuff. Mine. So what do you say? Maybe the reason why some people died in an aircraft, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good, because they spoke death all the way down. We'll have to find that out when we get to heaven. You see what I'm trying to say? So faith is a call, an appeal, not an argument. And faith in God must tempt you to do the impossible. Believe the unbelievable. Receive the impossible because it's doable. Everything I do in my ministry is impossible. I can't do it. People say, he, he can really raise a lot of money. I'm not that good. If I was that good, how come I didn't do it 40-something years ago? I don't do those things. That God does those things. I'm not even funny. People think I am. I never had that till I got born again. I was raised on the streets of New Orleans. You do what you got to do. I mean, I said a joke once in a while. In fact, since Mac got it, stole a joke, can I tell you a joke? I'm going to give you a good joke. You ready? This guy lived in Texas. He loved horses. So he got on his horse and he started riding. He was enjoying himself so much that he crossed over the Texas boundary into New Mexico. Didn't even realize. He turned around and looked and said, my God, man. I'm about 20 miles into New Mexico, just enjoying himself. So I'm kind of thirsty. So he stopped at a place to have a drink, tied his horse up at the hitch, walked in and had a drink. My God, enjoyed himself. He said, well, I guess I better get back home. He walked back there and somebody stole his horse. He looked around, his horse wasn't there no more. Now he was wearing guns. He, you know, he had a cowboy. He walked in, pulled his gun out, bam, 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 shot three times right there in the place. Everybody said, it's scared, slap silly. He said, I want an announcement. I'm going to sit down and have another drink. And you don't want me to do what I did in Texas. I want everyone of you to listen to me. You understand? You do not want me to do what I did in Texas. Now, I'm going to sit down and have another drink. And when I walk out there, that horse better be tied up to that hitch. So he sat and had him a drink. My God, got up like anybody was just looking like that. Walk out and there's the horse. Man, it was great. Man, he get on his horse and... And the guy that was serving the drinks come out and said, excuse me, sir, you scared a slap silly. What did you do in Texas? He said, I walked home. <laughs> what do you think? Ain't too bad. <laughs> hey, fake it till you make it. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> you ever heard that joke? I don't know if you heard that before. Okay, that's a Mac Hammond joke. But anyway, praise the Lord. If he said, have faith in God, then that's a command. So faith in God must be obeyed. It must be lived for. It must be labored for. 
and even suffered for. Write that down. Faith in God must be obeyed. It must be lived for, labored for, because faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And if, and if it even suffered for, if that's what it takes, it doesn't make any difference. See, that's why Paul, on his death, he wasn't scared to die. You think he's crying? They're going to cut his head off. He could have been bawling and squalling, Jesus, would you say, save my life? No. See, he had labored, obeyed, lived, suffered for his faith. He says, I fought a good fight. Now you're going to the chopping block. Oh, you're going down in the plane. You think he'd be crying? I fought a good fight. I see, that's where I learned that from. I finished my course. I kept the faith. There's later for me a crown of righteousness. No, we're going to cut your head off. Oh, you can't cut this one off. Because I'm going to have to wear a crown. You see, when you understand that you live for faith, labor for faith, obey faith, and even suffer for it if you have to. See what I'm saying? And you know where our suffering comes from is not from the heathen world. It's from the church. I don't believe in that faith business. I can tell. I can tell. I don't believe in that prosperity. I can tell. Of course, you receive an offering. Wait a if, you believe, if you don't believe in prosperity, why are you living in a house? Why don't you go live under a bypass or something? Since you don't believe in that. See, you're a hypocrite to your own self. Where's that camera? You're a hypocrite to your own self. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's craziness. That's silliness. You see, all God wants to do is bless you. Amen. You see, it's the command of commands. He wants to get as many people saved as possible. That's why we're here. See, do not be ignorant of your own power. Your hidden spiritual forces. Don't be ignorant of that power that's in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, he put his name in you. See, God gave us his name. Do you understand something? You got to understand this about Moses. Moses has a lot to really talk about when you're going to see him. He wanted to see God so bad. Who wouldn't want to, huh? God said, you can't see me and live. I could hear Moses in his little mind. I'll take the chance. I just want to see you. He said, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you, Moses. I'm going to put you in the cleft of this rock put my hand over you, and when I, when I pass by, I'm going to let you see my goodness. I'm going to take my hand and let you see my goodness. Moses said, thank you. Now, the thing that's amazing, while God is doing that, he's proclaiming his names. He's got over 70 of them. Can't put God in one box. Seven. God Almighty is proclaiming El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Roho, Jehovah Ra. I mean, just uh, my God. Then the name that can't be uttered by humans, he pulls his hand away. And guess what Moses saw? Me. He saw a living word. He saw all the goodness of God in an instant. He saw you being born again. He saw us in heaven in the eternity of eternities. All in that split second. The goodness of God. That's just his back. Wait till you see his face. Yeah. That's why he knows who we are. He saw us. Because you're a good person. You're born again. You know Jesus Christ, the Lord. Everything good, beautiful, creation, all of it. He saw God flung the stars with his hands. My God. You don't think he was why he was called the lawgiver? Now you can understand why he would write. He says, Moses was the meekest man in all the earth. He's writing about himself. Could you write about yourself like that? 
uh, Mac, I am the best preacher in the world. <laughs> well, that's what Moses was saying in all the earth. He saw the incarnation. All that was good. He saw Mary say, let it be even as thou hast said. He saw Joseph say, I'll marry it. I don't care what anybody says. All that was good. So don't be ignorant of your own power, your hidden spiritual forces. See, when you understand that, it's all in you. Well, I'm trying. Trying don't get nothing done. Doing does. See, whatever is wrong can be overthrown. That's why Jesus said, have the faith of God. Whatever is wrong can be overthrown, and whatever is right can be brought to pass. So I'm believing for the most unbelievable things you've ever seen. Why? Why not? I told the people last night, yeah, uh, I got this from Donald Trump. I heard him say it to his own daughter, Ivanka. He said, Ivanka, you're going to think anyway, so you might as well think big. I like that statement. You're going to think anyway. Something's coming up in your mind, so you might as well at least think big. So what do you want to do? And the reason why most people can't do it because they don't know what they want to do. Have faith in God. That's a command, not a suggestion. You see, when I married Kathy, you know what I told her? On the, on the steps of Holy Rosary Catholic Church, I said, girl, I'll take care of you. Follow me because I'm going to do something in my life. Okay, Jesse, she was just so excited. She was 17 years old. I was 20. Born away we went. My Lord. Did we have some tough times? You know it. Went to the uh, grocery store with $3 and pennies. Bought some macaroni and cheese that was on sale for 10 cents a box. Don't eat too much macaroni and cheese anymore. I think about that 10 cents a box stuff. But I'll never forget the day she bought her shoes at Payless. But one day, I said, we're changing Payless to pay more. What do you want, Kathy? Here we go. Here we go. My Lord. Yeah. And today, you know, 51 years later, we're doing real good. Because she has my name. She used my name to help me in a lot of areas. She always had my back. I always had hers. That doesn't mean we agree on something. We don't even agree on some scripture. She's wrong. <laughs> She's just wrong. If you're watching, you're wrong. And she looks at me, no, you're wrong. I said, let's both ask God. Lord said, I ain't getting in this. <laughs> Work it out amongst yourselves. Why'd you say that, this last statement, to have faith in God, is to have an unquestioning outlook. You don't need to question it. When you know in whom you have believed, you're persuaded. That's Abraham. That's him, boy. I mean, my God, he's supposed to have a baby, and he's 100 years old? You've got to be kidding me. But he considered not. He didn't deny it. considered not his body. He staggered not at that promise, and he was fully persuaded. See, that's an unquestioning way of thinking. Now, he was in the old covenant. How much more can you do it in the new covenant? Amen. Think about that for a minute. See, it's an unquestioning thing. So when we go, we go. For, and a lot of times, she had, lately, Kathy, since she's become a pastor, she's getting a little bossy. <laughs> Whoever thought that your pastor, would, your wife would be your pastor? You know what I said at the church? It made us so mad. I said, ladies and gentlemen, here, I'm preaching this morning. I have to, I have to make a confession. I've been sleeping with the pastor. Oh. She goes, I said, it's true. 
the place lost it. She said, one day I will kill you. I said, you can't. I got life and that more abundant in me. She busted out laughing, you know. We have a good time. Have y'all all seen our boardroom chats? Have you seen those faith, the facts, and boardroom chats? What we get at each other. You ever see her sometimes? She goes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how you can tell if she's mad is this eyebrow. It starts to go up a little bit. And if it goes up a little bit, you ain't got nothing to worry about. But if that eyebrow hits her hairline, run out to church. Because it's coming, baby. <laughs> to have faith in God is to have an unquestioning outlook. Like Peter said, hey, you cursed the tree. Well, you didn't think it was going to work? I'll tell you a true story that literally happened. One of the greatest evangelists God ever put in shoe leather in the 40s and the 50s was a man named Jack Cope. I got this from his ambulance driver, who was Billy Brock. Phenomenal man. He's in heaven today. Both of them are. But Billy Brock was... Jack Cole's ambulance driver, he would go to hospitals. He said, I will take you out to the hospital, and you can come, and I'll pray for you to be here, but I'm not bringing you back. And Billy Brock had that job. And I preached for Billy Brock 1978, 1979. Billy, I mean, knew Jack Cole. I mean, it was just amazing. Watch this. So Billy Brock went to a, a hospital in uh, Dallas, and this lady got in. She weighed 61 pounds, dying of cancer. Looked like a human skeleton. She was wrapped up. This cancer was so bad it was busting out of her skin so you could see blood in the bandages. This is a true story. I mean, Billy Brock was a fine man of God. I loved him. They brought her up there. And, man, they were carrying her on a stretcher. Place was jam-packed. Thousands of people. And Jack Go said, what's her problem? Says she's dying of cancer. They think she may die tonight or tomorrow. Jack Cole said, stand her up. Stand her up. Billy Brock looked at him. He said, Billy, stand her up. So they had a couple of ushers with Billy. They picked up. When they picked her, she screamed with pain. This cancer is very painful. Jack Cole looked at it and punched her right in the face. Blood blew, pieces of skin. He said, this big, fell off the benches. She fell, she collapsed. People went, oh! Jack, Sister Cole, Jack Cole's wife said, Jack, you killed that woman. He said, pick her up again. Nope. As quiet as this. He said, boy, you didn't tell him no. He was a big man, you know. I said, pick her up again. Billy said, you just got to, so we pick her up again. Boom, he punched her again. By this time, a piece of the gauze fell off. Blood, skin, passed out. People like this. He said, pick her up again. Billy said, I'm going to tell you what I said. I said it, I didn't say it to him, but I said it in my mind. Hell no, I ain't doing it. We're going we gonna to die. We got lawsuits coming. He said, pick her up again. She's passed out. He hit her again. When he hit her, she came to. The bandages fell off her arm. Perfect skin. She went, oh my God. No pain. The place went crazy for 15 minutes, screaming, shouting. She stood, she walked. No pain. All, all that blood stuff. It was, I mean, pieces of it. Skin for her. And he just stood there like this. 
You know those big silver head microphones they used to preach in the 50s? You know, you'd hold them like this with your hand. 15 minutes. Billy was saying, oh, my God, I've never seen nothing like this in my life. And he kind of waved everybody down. And he looked at him, and he looked at his wife. And he looked at the crowd, and he said, hmm. He could tell he was displeased. Hmm. Y'all didn't think this was going to work. Good night. And he walked off the platform. And Billy said, that's exactly the truth. I didn't think it was going to work. He said, Jesse, God is my witness. I was there when it happened. The whole place didn't believe it was going to work. But it did. Now, that's unquestioning outlook. That don't just happen by confession. That's a special gift. I believe confession helps it. But you see, he believed that command of commands to have faith in God. Isn't that amazing? That literally happened. And, I, and every time I'd go to Billy's house, I'd preach for him twice a year until he passed. I'd say, tell me that story again. Exactly the same. He said, he'd get goosebumps. He said, I, I, he said, man, he said Jesse, I was quitting my job. I was quitting my job. I said, did you ever bring anybody back to the hospital? No. How long you work for him? Three years. He said, you're just going to get healed. But you know how he would say it? They'd say, well, Brother Cole, we don't, I don't have the faith. He said, you don't need it. I got it. <laughs> now, that's not how Brother Hagin preaches. You know? <laughs> when he said, I don't want But see, he was so confident. You don't need it. I got it. I'll overcome your doubt. I'll just overcome it. Now, you don't have to get hit. I don't know what's going, what he's going to do. You know, nobody knew what he was going to do. And yet he died a young man at 38 years old, ball bear polio. He, he ate too much. He, did, he ate, dug his grave with his teeth. And Brother, Brother Hagin told him, said, you need to judge that. He's getting mad, man. You know, he, he went and measured old Roberts' tent because he had the biggest tent in the world, and he built one one inch bigger. <laughs> That's a true story, just because he had. So he did have flaws. Oh, but he had that gift of faith. Elijah too. Elijah, my God, could call fire down from heaven and outrun horses until a woman got mad and he took off. He's scared of Jezebel. Think about that. I mean, it's still human beings, see. But God has never changed his, his statement that Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. In just a minute, you're going to have to exercise your faith. And when you give to this project, I want you to see the people that are going to be born again. I want you to see the people that are going to be healed. I want you to, not, don't question it. Just say, I will do what God asked me to do. I will have faith. And for those of you that are here in person, you can give. Use it on the live stream you can give. Listen to me. I want you to vision it because if faith is a vision. Now faith is. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. Don't put it in the past, into the future. It has the ability to create a future, but it wasn't made for the future. It was made for the now. See? That's, it's so true. And you know the only reason why God is asking you to do it because he said as long as the earth remained, it'd be seed time and harvest time. I, I, I'm going to tell you something and we're going to receive this offer. In my conversation with God, I said, you know, Lord, I've been a giver and a tither. Now, I don't know when we get to heaven. I said, I, I, I'm going to still give to you. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I, I, I don't think there's money there. I don't know. I, but I'm still going to, I, I want to do that. My heart is given. He said, oh, Jesse, you understand me. So is mine. I'm still creating. I love to give. 
I'll be given to you for eternity. And I said, I'm going to be given to you eternity too. And I don't know, I don't know what that stuff may be, what, where, how, but I'm going to do that because my greatest fun is giving. I just enjoy doing that. I was at P.F. Chang's not long ago. This girl was working hard. She was a good waitress. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm going to college. I'm going to med school. She said, I have to work because, you know, my mom and dad can't afford all this stuff. And, uh, you know, she said, but I don't mind. I said, well, that's great, boy. I mean, she did good. I mean, she just did good. And the Lord said, pay her tuition. I said, I don't know her, Lord. He said, I do. I said, okay. He said, ask her how much it is. I said, okay. So she came. I paid the bill, gave her a, a nice tip plus 100 bucks. Oh, sir, thank you. I said, boy, it's pretty expensive to go to med school. And, oh, yeah, pre-med, whatever you call it. I said, what's your tuition? She told me. I said, Kathy, cut her a check. She goes, what? I said, cut her a check. She said, sure. I said, well, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Isn't it sweetheart? <laughs> she started crying. People started crying. I had my birthday in July. I went to PF Change and all the cooks, all the waiters, all the waitresses signed a card. They said, sir, you can come in here anytime you want if we're loaded to the gills. And the other day I went and it went in and it was an hour wait. They saw me and they went, come. <laughs> Why? I didn't question it. She got blessed. I had more honor in that. I enjoyed that more than she did receiving it. Ushers, if you'll pass out the offering envelopes, there's an offering envelope behind you, your, your chair or whatever. This is a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. Think about children that are going to be born again. They're going to teach their children. All because of that plane. Put that plane in. All because of that. That. Which is a piece of equipment. But it'll be bringing the gospel, hope, joy, peace. And people will be born again. And then what's coming to you? You want one of those? What if he give one to me and he give one to Matt? What makes you think he won't give one to you? What makes you think we're better than you are? We're not. God don't love us anymore than he loves you. But you see, you wouldn't think of that. I do. I've owned that plane for 14 years. Yeah. I enjoyed every, every minute I was in it, and I flew that baby boy. Whoo, every day almost. But if God do that for me, why wouldn't he do it for you? Well how, well, how come he hadn't done it? Because you didn't ask. I know what you're thinking. I don't have need of it. You don't know what you need. That's what I'm talking about. You that are watching I, I, on live stream, would you please do something? Let's get somebody saved so we can get Jesus to come fast. And I mean, you can, you can give right now. There, all the information is on the screen. You can text to give, give online. You can mail your gift to the address shown on the screen. Don't drop it off. You're offering near our main lobby entrance. What do you want to do? Let's go over the million dollars. Because I kind of know Mac and Lynn Hammond. I watch them all the time. They're going to be a blessing, but I wouldn't surprise they're going to do more than just get them saved. They're going to put things in their hands. Bless them. You know, <laughs> I've been to Destin many times. Mac like to eat good, you know. I said, Mac, I'm coming over your place. So I want you to come with me. I want you to go eat with me, you and Lynn. So we went over, and I said, we're going to go to Tommy Bahamas. He said, he said, place where you buy shirts? I said, yeah, they got a restaurant. Remember that? 
went over there. Mac likes crab meat, you know, crab cakes. You ought to see him more. He took a bite. He go, oh, oh, I said, it's been here for years, Mac. Been here for years. So we had a nice dinner. Me and I flew back to New Orleans. And the next time I talked to him, he said, man, I've been back over that place twice. <laughs> I said that to say this. It's always there. You just got to find it. And how you find it is have faith in God. How many of you going to believe for the hundredfold? All right. Hold your offering up to the Lord. I want to pray over it. Oh, my God. Let's get this thing done. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask for more than the million because they may want to bless a child or something. I don't know. Because they're going to run into things that they didn't think they were going to run into. And you're the God of more than enough. God, let this church always have more than enough finance. Pay off all the banks. And Lord, let them have as much money as the banks have. Because they'll do good things with it. I ask you to bless these people, Lord. Lord, the hundredfold anointings on my life, I ask you to bless each and every one of them today. Lord, you do this for me. I know you'll do it for them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Ushers, come on with your big buckets and receive this offering. We got another service to do, and I got about 25 seconds, and I'm going to turn this thing over. I'll do a completely different sermon in the next service. So if you want to stay, you can. If you don't, whatever. I like to do three different ones each time. The one last night was different than this morning. And I thank you for being a part of it. And I thank God that I listened to the Lord and gave you all that aircraft. What a blessing. You ought to see the one I have now. Oh, oh, Lord. And when I heard Mac talk about a fleet of airplanes, that went off of me like a shotgun. I said, my God, why not? Delta has them. See, I, I see that. I ain't mad because Delta's got a fleet. Or United or Southwest. Why would anybody be mad if a ministry had a fleet? How about 747s and enough money to run them? And all of a sudden, Mac and Lynn get up and said, we're not going to have service. We're going to just run a, 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 a video because I'm taking the whole church with us to Africa. That's unheard of. Got enough planes, you can do it. I did it with my staff in Hawaii, 180 people. Paid for everything, too. <laughs> they love working for me. I just said, God, companies bring their high CEOs and, you know, they hire. Why can't I bring the whole staff? I've done it twice. I'm not bragging on that. You should have seen them. Only money they spent was their souvenirs. And I put them in the same hotels I did, including my Australian offices and my England offices, plus all the board of directors of all three offices. It was a great day. And when I got back home, on a Monday, he said, oh, Jess, I got a surprise for you. Oh, you know who did that? Not the ministry, me. He said, uh, you're going to be talking to me about five minutes after five. I said, what is it? He said, surprise, surprise, surprise. I said, you've been watching Gomer Pyle. <laughs> That's what I said. 
But five minutes after five, ladies and gentlemen, all the money I spent, I had it back doubled. Give the Lord a hand clap for that. Doubled. I didn't ask for it. But I certainly didn't question it. And I'm about ready to do something crazy again. I want to do unbelievable, impossible. And Max said, don't say it to my staff. Just kind of keep it to yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. My God, man. I'm telling you, we've got one. You can have one. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, Mac. I'm, I'm going to hand you this here. I am two minutes old. I apologize for that. And then we'll have a next <laughs> service with another message. Thank you, sir, for honoring me. Hey, you guys, give, give the Lord a praise for this. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Amen.